0: We're good, man. We're good. I just went live. Uh, hold on one second. We'll jump into that. Sorry. Bad timing. No, uh, what's good. up, guys? John Sintas here, Cutter Nation Podcast 78. I'm excited. Cass Krightlow, uh Alex Rojas is our guest. But first, please go rate, review, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. We're also on all of the podcast platforms, so you can subscribe there. You can also run over to our website, shop our awesome hats, we just got full stock and everything. We've already got low orders, so those should be going out quickly. So that, without further ado, Alex Rojas, welcome to the show. Cass, why don't you uh, help us out?
1: Um, Alex, you can kind of introduce yourself. I know Alex from Instagram. We talked uh, like two, three weeks ago for like an hour and a half just about who we are, um, so... Yeah, I don't. I don't really have a, a great intro besides Nama Strength on um,
2: on Instagram, right? Yes, Nama Strength Athletics, a blend between yeah, yeah. Uh, East and West uh, ideas for athletic training. That's uh, what I'm studying and trying to, uh, without rush, develop a system to educate athletes a little bit better, so they can get the most out of whatever their protocol is.
1: Yeah, so I know of Alex from, I'm just through Weck Method Connections, and then um, sure enough, he ends up being a baseball guy, too. So um, you're on a baseball podcast. Give us a little bit of your baseball background, and then we can get into weird
2: stuff later. So grew up uh, playing Little League, got serious around like nine years old out here. That's kind of how it goes in certain sports. Played baseball for Amateur Valley. Uh, We had a pretty good run. We won the Northern Coast section title. We had a really good record. We ended up being, like, number nine in the nation at the end of the season. Um, played with a lot of high-level players in the E-ball growing up, um, as well as playing for the Danville Hoots. Played underneath Stephen What Piscotti. a name, Danville yeah. Hoots. The Danville Hoots. Um yeah. Danville's the middle of nowhere, too. No, Danville is is very central East Bay. So, like – where the corridor of like Pleasanton, Livermore, Danville, San Ramon—that's where the e-ball is. It's where San Francisco hmm. goes east, and where San Jose goes oh, okay. north. And so that's the in-between right there. And you get quite a collection of good ball players. I mean, guys from the sure. e-ball: Mark Appel, Stephen Piscotti. Um, oh, I was thinking of Virginia for yeah. some reason. No, my bad, no, no, my no. Bad. no, no. I was no. Brandon Crawford. Band band. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of great guys came out of here. Uh, Yes. A lot of very high level players that are all really intelligent too. So, um, I think in my senior year, not like as seniors, but there were probably at least 20 division one athletes in some realm playing baseball there. So growing up, like I saw, and I wasn't one of those guys, I was a grinder. I was the guy that was just grinding for playing time. I was Okay. So that's how my college career went, bounced around here and there, um, but ended up finishing at West Liberty University in West Virginia. That was a, a pretty fun experience. Uh, finished my final season, calling my own no hitter with a uh, sophomore left-hander. So that was pretty sweet. It helps when you throw ninety and you're like six foot six. That's that's pretty easy. But this this team was pretty good, and um, then I had a career ending injury after getting a professional contract out of the uh, winter league, the California winter league. Uh, I had a broken quote unquote broken. It was a stress fracture, but the way that the the leg works in rotation. Um, so it doesn't bend as much as people say it does. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bend. It's supposed to rotate. And the way that I was moving, and walking and running, I put a lot of pressure on my big toe. And so that created a lot of valgus collapse and it created a lot of instability in my shin bone, my tibia. And I got a halfway through the bone, a stress fracture. And that was it. I had to get a 14 inch rod that now is inside my tibia right now. And I had that injury for about two and a half years. And That is what sparked my career in um, trying to create a better platform for athletes to treat their body, not necessarily take over their training protocols, but give athletes education on how to better recover, hit the main four pillars of biology that we have to do. And um, yeah, it's very exciting. Say that last part one more time, just because it was cutting out a little bit. So there's... In my brief period of research, like growing up, I was or growing up, I was always interested in science. So I studied science in college. So getting into those backgrounds of biology, kinesiology, you have to think about how there are four pillars of biology that every human just has to have. And there are some absolute grinders that they can throw 95, but they end up getting hurt a lot. And they're always on the shelf. And a big part of it is because they're overstressing their biology, in my opinion. Like, you get these weird stress injuries the guys. It's like, how does that happen to that guy? You know, they, they keep hurting their oblique. You know, and they're, they're a right-handed thrower, and they keep hurting their oblique. So there's something in their their stress recovery that's not happening when their arm's are covering. So that's been one of the things that I'm researching in is these four pillars. You have... Um, nutrition and that can fall into the idea of digestion as well you have recovery you have your ability to like sleep and come back to homeostasis and then you have your ability to walk and run so you have locomote your ability to move in space and lastly it's that specialization so like there are a bunch of things that we have to hit before we start talking about okay now let's start throwing gas but that's not for everybody so it takes time because some guys just want to throw hard So, or they just want to hit bombs. And I get that. I was one of those guys, man, just in the, in the cage every day, taking like 200 hacks a day, lifting weights four or five days a week. Like it puts a a beating on your body, but your body keeps a score. You know, it doesn't just go away when you foam roll, like your body still feels that, you know, and it's, it's not a battle of like, if it's more like when, so you have to have the protocols in place to understand like, Hey, the way my back feels today I should still get into some like posterior chain work. I should work my lats, my hamstrings, my glutes, but maybe I shouldn't go for the barbell today. Maybe I should focus on more like body weight exercises. You know what I'm saying?
1: But um, b- before we go any further, I just want to make sure, John, do you think, um, do you know what's making break up? Do you think it's him or us?
0: Mm, give me some.
1: Can you tell? Alex, we're just getting a lot of choppiness, and, and I want to make sure that a, a lot of times if our audio is good, this sounds really good on the iTunes uh, version of this. So Okay,
2: um, okay. Uh,
1: uh, it, sometimes the video quality isn't isn't the greatest, but you look great. Um,
2: hey, just, thanks, uh, man. You look great, too. Bit. You guys are looking great. <laughs> if you need me to go inside, that's totally fine. Um. How far are you away from your router? I don't think that far. We just transitioned inside anyway.
1: You think that was it, John?
0: Yeah, yeah, here we go.
1: Okay, your audio is a little funny now. Can you talk more John? Okay, there we go. Never mind. Yeah, you just remember by the mic.
0: No, it's, yeah, my mic was too far away.
1: Is that better? Oh, yeah. I think everybody looks better.
0: Nice. Yeah. Perfect.
2: The four pillars were amazing, by the way. Appreciate that. It's been a a culmination of learning from a lot of very educated people, like just sitting under a few people. Um, So this hat, uh, where is it? It's over here. This guy named Rob Pfeiffer, he's a a very uh, underlying um, fitness guy, but he's opened a lot of gyms. He's been a part of a lot of different sides of um, fitness, And I'm just putting like an umbrella around the term fitness. I like to just call it movement. So that's what I'm going to call it from now on because it's just movement. And um, he was one of the guys who started getting me thinking differently. He drew, he drew like a human and then he drew, you've seen DNA, right? And I was like, yeah. And so he shows the, the helix and then he goes, that's how your body's chains work. And that was just like a little bit. And that was like two years ago. And I just started thinking, I was like, that's interesting because that's one of the things that, you know, a PT would tell you, it's like. Okay, you hurt your quad, but you got to go above and below the area because that's not necessarily where pain is coming from, right? So it makes you think about the body differently. And then going to On It, training it on it was a great experience. Wow. Um, learning John Wolf, I have like probably an hour and a half of just content that I just listen to just still all the time where he talks about tension in the body. And then Tori Hale, who's another young guy there, um, Leo Savage who's a steel mace guy I've learned a lot from understanding how quickly the hand-eye coordination can work just through balancing these asymmetrical objects so uh, there's a lot more that goes into movement than you know like the weights that's correlated next to the sets you know there's a lot more to movement understanding how athletic you can be and uh, I'm mean, David Wex the most recent one along with Chris Chamberlain and Alex Canellis. And then the uh, the Gota system, that's another one that's come out. And it's, it's been a very good pattern of learning, I think, that hasn't overwhelmed me in the subject. But it's all been my own, um, you know, my own insight, my own trajectory. These are the way that I want to go, so I'm going that way. And who I found along the way has been uh, really impactful. So I think that's a big thing, you know, finding somebody that you – not only can agree with in terms of movement, but you can disagree with in certain sense. And kind of like what Bruce Lee says, take what is yours and take what you don't like and throw it out. Yeah, uh, you like where we're going with this. Uh, yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> so, so okay. So you, I know you did this a little bit with me, Alex. But a lot nobody knows what any of that. Is. I mean, and if they do, it's a very select few. Um, so, kind of walk through your influences as much as you want. This is we got some time.
2: Okay. So I would say the first thing that we have to look at, so there's a a really great figure in movement. He's extremely controversial, but he's highly intelligent. And that's Naudi Aguilar. And he came up with this system called functional patterns about a decade ago. And when I was as, when I was a pre-med student for the brief four semesters that that happened. And then I realized the workload was nuts being a student athlete and trying to do that. Good luck. If you're out there and you're doing that, just a side note, you're a crazy, awesome human being. If you can balance any type of like med school and athletics, good on you. Um, but I digress. I started finding these things that he constantly talked about, which was just like the functional habits of a human. And that's where things started. It's you're an animal first and foremost, and we get disconnected from that. We become connected to the idea of what you do for movement. So even though, uh, I was a baseball player at first I was an athletic person. I had trained athletically for a long time. Like I said, I was a grinder and my dad and my mom got me some good training. They worked hard. I was really blessed as a kid to have a, a fortunate career. I trained plyometrics at a really young age. So I had an insight into movement and what works. Um, and not just what works, but I was becoming athletic. So I was getting my DNA a little bit more ingrained into what it's like to move. Well, then you have the base below that, which is, okay, you're a human. Can you run? Can you walk? Can you jump on one leg? Can you jump on two legs? How do you land when you jump? How do you run? How do you slow down? How do you cut? Those aren't necessarily athletic movements. Those are human movements. If you took us back I love this book, Sapiens, that I'm reading right now. It talks about our, our species. If you take us back 100,000 years, we're still running prey down, man. So uh, think about what like a, a 26-year-old human animal could do if he just grew up his whole life hunting. He'd be a savage. He would be moving, cutting left and right, throwing spears, running upwards of probably 20 miles an hour and going all day long. So that's like a, a big subset of what it is to be a human. And then you have other things like digestion, brain function, balance, like smaller stuff. So those are like those four periods. And I've heard it from Ito Portal. I've heard it from guys at Online Movement University, where they talk about the four tiers of what it's like to be a human. First, you're a human. Then you're a human mover. Then you're a specialist. Then you're you. Then it's how you use all of those things, right? Like I'm a martial artist, born and raised. John Jones, he doesn't have a style. He calls it look-see-do. So he does all of those things, Right. He looks, he sees, and then he does. And that's just what he does. That's how he's created greatness. And I think that he's a good example of a really good mover, somebody that understands space, somebody that understands what his opponent doesn't know how to do well, and that's the base of a human. They have to understand how to fight. So when you have a person that can strategize like that, I look at him as I would Michael Jordan or Derek Jeter or Nolan Ryan. You have to have strategy to be a really good winner. And he does that. So now you think about, okay, so I want to be that athlete. You're telling me that I need to focus on the basics. Okay. So how do you de-stress? Like when you are on your email and you're getting, you know, you got an email from your, especially right now, we're all, we're all a little tight on money. You get an email from your bank. You get an email from your landlord. You get an email from someone else. You get a text message. You get something in this artificial interface that we have, which isn't bad, but we didn't grow up using these as a species. So, again, your brain is kind of like, whoa, there's all this information coming at me all the time. Sometimes you don't know how to handle it. Sometimes you handle it very well, but it's about how do you balance that first initial (sighs) stress. Like, I love using the example with my clients of like a car. Like, when you're driving and you're going 60 miles an hour, the reason why you freak out when someone swerves in your lane and swerves back out is because your brain's like, dude, I'm going hella fast. If something bad goes wrong, it's going to go bad. And so you go, it's so hard to come down from that. But if you were in the wild, that would happen. You would get rid of fear. You would leave the stressful situation and it's gone. So how do you deal with that base stress? And then you have your nutrition and your digestion. So if you're always stressed out And then you maybe eat something emotionally, which is something that we do. You're triggering a stress response now for digestion. So now your digestion's in a stress response, right? And if, say, you just did, this is taking it into the movement realm. Say you're a CrossFitter that's an absolute, like, beast. And you can do, like, three or four just crazy Metcons and a wad like, all the time. You're snatching, you're cleaning all a bunch of weight. Then when you're eating, are you really de-stressed when you're eating? Like, are you? Because it's hard to tell unless you put in that same amount of practice to de-load your body. Um, I have a great friend who works for um, K-Motion. And he talked about allostatic load a long time ago. And that always stuck with me. Your body holds on to stress. And that's what I'm talking about. It's an allostatic load. So if you're stressed out, your digestion's wrong, even the nutrition that you're putting in your body isn't gonna be that great. So now that you're digesting poorly, now you also have breathing. What kind of a breather are you? (sighs) Do you breathe just through your mouth? (sighs) Like there's tons of things that we do as humans that we have to look, because think about how many times you breathe in a day. That takes diaphragm muscles, core muscles, chest muscles, shoulder muscles, like you're using so much. And if you're using it incorrectly, And you're stressed out. Oops. And you're stressed out. You're in a bad posture. So now you've got all these poor things and we all do it. It's just, it's what happens. But if we can be self-aware and we can recognize these as athletes, then you can get more out of your training. Then you can talk about how do we move as a human. And that's where David Weck came in and the understanding of, okay, so do you have to crawl? Do you crawl correctly? Can you roll? That's a big one that I love from Edo is about rolling. Like the idea of being able to roll your spine on the ground forward, backwards, Granby roll, kind of like a lateral motion. Those are all I, listen, things that you listen, gotta I, do.
1: I, I'm going to jump in right here. Cause I have a ridiculous story about rolling. Do it. So I had, um, I very like, uh, let's call it like 80 foot length where I'm warming kids up. And I have fourth and fifth graders and then eighth and ninth graders. Okay. Two separate hours. And my fourth and fifth graders, I'm like, let's run halfway down, do a somersault and finish. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I had a ninth grader not do it. And I'm like, bro, just do it. Like, I'll do it. Like, do you want, want, can we we do it? He's like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm like, all right, bro. Quit the camp. Quit the camp. Whoa. Wasn't age appropriate. And it was like, and I saw the the email was ridiculous. And it was like, people are so clueless. Like, and and to like, and and for like a kid to think that he knows what he's talking about. And then like the far, I mean, this is, I was a younger coach. I'm not going to sit and like have this argument about a somersault. (laughs) But for the record, the people that I'm working for are like, yeah, bro, why are you making them
2: somersault? I'm like, I don't, it's just. It's just a thing. It's a movement. Like it's just yeah. it's it's a movement. Like why are you having him practice cursive? He wants to be a professional baseball player. I could argue the same thing. Like it. it, it there's a time and a place to use cursive. Maybe if you're in like Egypt and you need good calligraphy skills. Got to sign a ball. You got to sign a ball. <laughs> yeah. You
0: got know, to. You got to you know? um, practicing signatures since Dude, I was that's, in third that's grade. That's pretty
2: crazy. So. When dude, this, at the yeah. facility I work at, Total Player Center in Pleasanton, uh, which great facility. Uh, one of my favorite things about this place is that it's huge, so we get the the ability to have big camps. And it's funny when you when you tell kids how to land and how to roll. Like the older they get, they get so less trustworthy that you know what you're talking about, so they don't want to do it. But when they're younger, they're like, "Yeah, let's do it. I'm down." Like there's, there's a funny thing that happens as you get older. Like you, you, I I don't know. You get too cool. Yeah. You get too cool. something. Um, but rolling, rolling in my opinion is such a basic thing that you, like if you were a baby and you fell, you rolled, like it's just something that you do and you also have to like move your spine in specific ways. So I'm, I'm a jujitsu guy. I love moving on the ground. I, I think it's it's a different dimension of space, especially through my eyes, a guy who watches movement and loves movement. It, it's like, you're swimming sometimes. Like you're like, am I on ground or am I underwater? Cause what's happening right now, how we're moving. It, it's pretty fun. Um, but just the dexterity you need to like, let's use practical application of jujitsu. It's self-defense. So like, say someone had me pinned down and I needed a way out. Right. If I can't really get up, I always have the opportunity to, crunch myself up and roll. That's an opportunity that I have and that will create space. So that's just something you need to know how to do. I mean, from a defense purpose, but anyways, back to locomotion and moving. Crawling is the most important one. I think that one's that um, not only uh, predicts shoulder stability, but also it, it incorporates a lot of brain function. So one of the concepts I learned in animal flow which was my very first like weird thing that I went into, which was 2017. I went to Seattle, which that's where I, I hung out with Rob Hill again, which I understand he was on the podcast, right? So back when I was there, I remember doing basic movement with Rob, and he was just doing crazy stuff even back then. So that guy has been like an elite mover forever. Um, but I remember taking these concepts over to hand. <laughs> at like, 24, by the way. At 24, 24. man. Like, whew, he does some really special stuff. What was? How was he yesterday? How was that podcast yesterday? By he the way, was awesome. He was great. He, Almost two hours. Oh, that's that's sweet, dude. He's he's a pretty awesome guy. Um,
1: I got talking at the end because there was so, so he isn't as deep into Weck as uh, I am, and that means not as as much as you are. Um, but I was talking about the hands, and oh, yeah. just like um, so. Just a recent realization, and this is—I don't even know if I'm saying this. I'm just—I might just be making shit up, but I'm pretty sure that the thumb reaches to the pinky, and and that move is what sets up the bones in the hand where you—it's like the least amount of tension in the muscles and the most amount of tension in the bones. Because the farther that you reach the thumb, the more you you create tension with the ball in your hand.
2: Um, I got you. I never have yeah. a ball.
1: So when I, I so. throw my curveball, I cock my thumb under really hard. I'm five nine and I do not have big hands, so I create. I, I was telling John like I, I haven't hmm. been able to since I've been out here throw the the way that I want to throw, and it, it is what it is. But like when I'm throwing my slider, it's huge, um, and so I'm throwing it what like seventy seven, you know maybe eighty, but hmm. it just it's the way that my thumb is so far underneath it. And I spread out here, so I'm not using my muscles to create tension. Mm. My fingers create a ton of tension with the ball, mm. and and so I've seen a lot of players. So think about this. This is where here, I'll use my left hand. Um, okay, so if I'm doing this and and I'm right, and this cr- like relaxes the forearm. Okay, that's a thing. Now, if this is and I'm right, and this is something that creates more tension in the forearm by getting your thumb on the outside. If we got a bunch of people trying to pronate. And simultaneously have these power two seams, right? There's a lot of people that will purposely put their thumb on the outside to help them get here. But it's counter to what the bones want to do. So you'd be better off creating two seam movement by just adjusting where you are on the seams with something that's like this. Now you can go like this and then you can relax it. And this is what Mm. John's doing in his cutter, right? And so there's different ways to manipulate this. Um, mm. I did it yesterday one more time. It seems like David is saying that you can do this a lot, and that this really doesn't lose strength. So, um, and so, if that's true, and you do it correctly, like there's, I, I think it's through the thumb. <clears throat> and so, I think if you start trying to like create this with your fingers, now you start getting too much into the forearm. If you reach mm. the thumb, th- things seem to wind up relaxed, and that would make that's sense. How he's like. He's always like doing this weird cocking shit. And if Mm -hmm. I just think about my thumb, I can direct my hand pretty effortlessly.
0: Yeah.
2: That's super interesting. No, I, I, I've been, I'm just guessing right now. So, so John, do you, do you have like a a physical crawling practice or have you ever practiced like crawling, like knees off the ground, like bear crawls, stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going with what he said, have you ever seen like a, a picture of a bear walking I think,
0: I think so. Yeah. Super
2: internally rotated, like yeah. extremely internal. So if you were to like go on the ground and like assume like a down dog position in animal flow, that's considered a bear stance. But instead of having your hands here, if you turn those in and you have that true bear stance and then you start engaging into the ground and you start doing like a contralateral walk, that would be considered a bear travel and animal flow. That's one of the original, I would say, ways that you could really feel your true, like cross body connection. So when we're talking about like gait, right? And you're talking about how people walk and how they move. It's always about cross body connection. And there's like three main crawling ways that you can do. You have beast and bear, which is just like forward quadruped. You're just, your hands and feet are on the ground. Your face is towards the floor. You have the crab position, which is great for the posterior chain. This is great for the anterior chain. And then that bear stance, The reason why I like it a lot is because if you have overhead issues, which like baseball players, overhead issues, if you can get them to internally rotate, like what he's talking about, that's going to free up this space for people to work with. So just thinking just like, this is a a just complete original idea right now. But if you were to like go crawl later, John, or Cass, and you were to get in that down dog stance, internally rotate and go like an opposite hand, opposite foot, the amount of like movement and and true reach that you have, like, it, it's it's pretty astounding. So you can really get your shoulder to feel strength in so much space. And that's one of the reasons why I like crawling. You get down onto a two-dimension where – I know you guys have had dogs before. You've ever felt your dog's chest? They're all jacked because they're always, like, walking on the ground and stuff, right? <laughs> Same thing with a bear. Like, if you look at a bear sit up and they just go like this, and be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, just jacked, right? Because they <laughs> – They walk like this. And so just imagine, like, if you're supporting yourself in a way to locomote, right, not only are you using your brain, but you're using a full tension of a cross or a contralateral pattern, right? Left leg, right arm, left arm, right leg. So now if you teach somebody how to walk or, again, you could teach them how to roll if they don't like rolling, then you can teach them how to walk and crawl. And you just teach them how to use their body in these contralateral patterns with strength, or with finesse, and that's where these other tools start to come in. That the Weck method has really developed, and I'm so far from like truly mastering it, but being uh, on the outside looking in and having a lot of contact, I have a few good friends now from Weck method, and a, a one former teammate who's now a Weck method trainer, and. You know, even he was on Who? one side of the boat. Uh, his name's Yale Hughes. Um, he played in the uh, oh, what's that league in New Mexico? Pecos League. Pecos League. There it is. He played in the Pecos League. Um, As did I. Ah, so Oof. Yale Hughes. He was on the the Fuego, I believe, the Santa Fe the Santa Fe Fuego. Um, but he's a wow, he's so another, was I. yes. So maybe, uh, like, you guys have a lineage, like a, a brotherhood, a boot that you both drank a beer out of, something like that. Um, so,
0: so yeah, something, going,
2: like that. something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> when, you have, uh, when you have athletes that know how to locomote on the ground correctly, now you're getting shoulder and hip mobility. And what Gota has termed these, like, they call it in their words, like, gyroscopic, but I would just call them more, like, they're locomotive joints. Like our joints are meant to locomote and we have like somehow turned them into leverage points and like really want to fine tune some of these things. But you have to remember they're like fluid. They're, they're these rotating objects that are meant to locomote. That's why I love watching dancers move because dancers are this they've hit. So they've got one and two down just by having their body move in three and four, the way that they, they are special and the way that they are themselves through their specialization. Like if you watch a dancer move their spine, the things that they're doing and then whipping their head and moving, they're controlling but also letting energy flow. So it's almost like a Tai Chi type idea or a yoga. Like their energy is never not used. They're just transitioning it to another portion. So in my idea, my theory, my hypothesis is that If you're, like, a free mover like that, an Ito Portal, a Roy Gold, that's another really good one, Um, guys that are um, Mike Fitch, the creator of Animal Flow, like, guys that are these super fine-tuned, loose locomotors, and they understand how to move their body in space freely, the athleticism that they have is so uncanny. And for an athlete not to want that and you're telling them, well, it's not, it's not like necessarily gonna make you throw harder. What if you threw hard till you were fifty instead of throwing till you're forty? Would that be something you wanna do? That person may turn around and be like, Yeah, now I'm interested. Because if you can add longevity onto somebody's career as well as performance, now you're killing two birds with one stone. It's all about longevity and performance, right? Nobody wants to throw 95 but then have to get Tommy John, you know, because then you don't know. But some people might settle for like, you know, if the baseball gods before, like when you're like five, it's like, all right, John, I'm going to give you two options. You can throw 98 miles an hour and be a first round draft pick, but you're going to blow your arm out. Or you can throw 88, you'll be a big leaguer for 20 years. A lot of people are going to be like, I'll take that one, you know, like, because they know what they want. They want the longevity. They want the performance. Maybe you want to throw your arm out. That's, that's cool too, you know? Um, but I, I move that into like the third level, which would be like human movement, which is now we're getting into your specialty stuff. Okay. So you're a rotational athlete. You're a baseball player, something I did for a long time. You need to understand how to move in the traditional three-dimensional model of sagittal, transverse, and frontal or lateral. But you also need to have strong rotation upon each of those. So it's like the six degrees of freedom. That's a new thing that I've been getting in is like physics and understanding how an object moves in space. So how we move in athletics is the same way that you would move again like if you were an ancient human just like living your normal life but the way that we have constricted that is now we specialize like you don't just throw when you need to now we're throwing thousands upon thousands of times in a year because we want to get very good at the specific art of throwing a ball same thing with hitting okay so now you've got these hyper specialized movers that aren't getting a, uh, excuse me, a a reciprocating effect. They're not doing right-handed throwing and swinging and then left-handed throwing and swinging. It's a true specialization of one side, and that's where you get into overuse injuries. But some guys are lucky. Like some guys have really good genetics. They have great throwing patterns. They have good eating habits. They have good recovery habits. Those are things you can't control necessarily because those are extraneous variables. You just don't know what they are. But the fact of the matter is, is like more guys are getting hurt and you're seeing that in papers, you're seeing that on ESPN and for the, for the whole point of what I'm saying for stage three is we're over specializing people and not focusing on the first two layers of the equation. We're like, we're putting that person in that baseball category permanently, you know, and I'm just using baseball as an example. There are people that do the same thing for wrestling and for football, like, the, like I said earlier, the body keeps a score. Like, it knows what's happening. That's why these non-contact injuries, like, they just happen one day. A dude who's cut a thousand times. But just that one time, boom, it's gone. And so that's where you have to have, you know, softer patterns in these specializations. So, like, Weck Method. This is where I would talk about Weck Method for probably the next 30 minutes. And Go. The, the first thing that I did was I had to learn how to walk again because doctors told me I needed to pronate when I walked and use my big toe more. And then I watched this video of this crazy bearded guy talking about how wrong that is. And I was like, well, I'm a month out of surgery, right? I have a steel rod in my leg and I haven't walked or ran without pain in like two and a half years. What the hell do I have to lose? So I started listening to this guy. First thing I did, I saw this video with Chris and David talking about the ropes. So I'm like, what is this right here? Cause I'm I'm using kettlebells and maces and clubs. Like, I'm like, I know what functional is like, I know this stuff, but then I go back to Naudi Aguilar and what I've learned from like those ideas of like an Edo portal and, and martial arts. And you have to understand those first three layers. And I started thinking about, well, if running and walking is what hurt me, obviously I don't do that well enough. So I need to learn how to do that better bought a rope and a set of pulsers. So it started off following Dominic Cruz a little bit, who is a UFC uh, Bantamweight fighter. He's a, a David Wet guy. And one of the things that he started doing was like shadow boxing with these shaky weights. Like I would hear him on his Instagram. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? What's in his hands? And I'm seeing a move. And if you watch Dominic Cruz move, you're like, how can that dude do that for that long? Well, for one, he's 145 pounds, but two, he's like head over foot. He's ipsilateral to lateral patterns, things I didn't see until now. And now I'm watching him move and I was like, oh, you're kind of rolling the ropes, but wireless, like you're, you're moving your body through three dimensional space based on spiraling and like not allowing your body to necessarily do the pedestrian style of locomotion, which is, you know, this, it's kind of like this fluid animal. It, it, it understands like the the fascia release so like when i shake my arm and you see that like that move that's like a fascia chain and if you can stimulate that down into the ground correctly that's that double down pulse now you're getting that transmission down that dude's got it down and i was watching it and i was like that dude's amazing like what he's doing with his feet pop 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 so i was like okay so let's let's find out what weck method is because if Dominic cruz had all these terrible acl injuries and then he figured out how to locomote properly through this guy, something that guy told him clicked. So I started looking into these rope patterns. It took me like four weeks to master the rope patterns, which pisses me off because some people get them down in like a day or like a like two or three days. And I'm like, man, I'm not that good at moving. I think I am, but I'm really not. <laughs> there are some people that are just so much better. They just don't know it, you know? And so it started with working with a couple clients and using the ropes as a, as a up method, having them just do like a typical race and chase. Uh, I was at a yoga studio and we didn't have room to run. Right. But if you can run, you're going to get all the muscle in the body to move and you're going to stay loose and you're going to get into a nice breathing pattern. And also if people don't like to run, it sucks. All of those things I just said suck and you don't like it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna use this rope to like mimic jogging and that's what I did. And I found a lot of good things came from the walking of my clients and the walking of myself, just from like this one race and chase pattern. Then I started getting into the flow and, and, and diving in deeper. So I started using the pulsers and figuring out how do I use these pulsers? And what's this coiling core in this Royal coil? So again, this is fresh out of surgery. I'm not even two months into out of surgery and I'm doing these pulsing movements and I'm getting my head over my foot and I'm bounding laterally, catching myself bounding vertically. Like I I was, I was recovering so much faster and I was just using these pulsers. I was kind of coiling with some bands and I was doing Royal coils and I was rolling the shit out of those ropes. Probably two hours a day sporadically throughout however long I was awake. I would just roll the ropes, listen to like a JRE, listen to a Jocko podcast or something, just something that would let me get lost into the flow. And I started noticing shoulder pain was going away and then back pain went away. And then um, one of my endeavors that I like to do is hunting and backpacking and getting into the backcountry. So I ruck quite often. And I put 20 pounds and a 20 pound mace. So I had 40 pounds on my back, not, not right at two months, but pretty damn close to six or seven weeks post-op. And I hiked about seven miles, went up to the top of this mountain, worked out with my 20 pound mace, got down, hiked down, zero back pain. And the reason why that was astounding, when I was growing up as a catcher in New Mexico, one of the schools I went to, I popped two discs. I herniated L four and I herniated L five. So me having no back pain after not doing anything, but this weird coiling stuff, these pulsing actions and mastering this rope flow. I was like, okay, there's something to this. Like I usually experience back pain. What's going on then because I'm 25 years old and I'm feeling bulletproof. I go and I roll at 10th planet San Mateo, which there are a lot of savages there. And I rolled like 15 rounds that day shout out eddie bravo shout out to eddie bra shout out to eddie um and um
0: that's impressive, Sorry, though. I just, like, to... I, I know, I know. We've been sitting. I've been sitting here astounded by you uh, and everything that you're saying because I feel like, <laughs> you, I feel like we're friends because we follow all the same people. Except for right. I'm not so wecky. I'm not so wecky, and like he's been trying to win me over to the weck side, right. and like slowly right. I've been coming right. up to it. But you say, right. remember Dominic Cruz having massive issues with his knees? Do you remember that? Right? It was crazy. I like, I like it was like three and like like three years, right? Wasn't it? It was nuts. It was like, and his first fight back and all of them were like weird steps like for what they said. Right. I remember Rogan be like, look, he's, he lost his balance. He tried to correct. And then it just gave out. And I was an ACL Mm -hmm. guy myself in, in, um, high school. I stepped on a base on a wet day and then had like a, just bang the inside of my knee, super hard on the ground. But that, like that loosened it. I was okay. Yeah. I got pushed off a dock into shallow water. And body kept going, like just, just gnarly Damn. situation. But Bad yeah, but but like I, I resonate with everything that you're saying about the feeling of that, and and the local motion, um, is very, it's very interesting. It is very um,
1: interesting. This thing, by the way, um, yesterday was the first time I felt like my shoulder popping up, and then I was like, oh, I can use, this. and it was just, it was really fun. I know. Yeah,
2: it's that, it's fun. Um, going into jujitsu rolled, had no problems after a bunch of rolls. And, you know, uh, I'm not one to say like, I could roll all day and not get sore. Cause that's not the case. You know, like sometimes you roll four times and you get the shit beaten out of you and you're done for like a day. You're like, no, that was really tough. I need a day to recuperate. But some days, you know, things just go a little easier sometimes. Not that people took it easier on you. You're just, your body didn't keep that deep of a score, you know? Um, Then Leo Savage and my mace training came in and I noticed that there's a lot of similarities between the hand movements in mace training as there is in the rope. So I started diving deeper into my mace training and understanding that, um, hand eye coordination is very deep and that is where strength comes from. Um, I have a, I have a, friend that i coach with he works with with yeah it, dude it's deep dude this guy this guy is he's a former nfl player he played uh, a little bit for the seahawks he played in the cfl his name's vic james he runs a great sports performance program himself and he is not very wacky he so he and i butt heads quite often but he's a friend of mine and he he ran like a four three Right. When he was in his best days and he's this huge 6,2, two twenty five just doesn't work out. And he's just gifted. Right. But some of the things that he talks about, he's like, dude, have you ever notice how fast people can react that are just super strong? And I was like, yes. Some of those like really fast guys that are, you know, they're the Randy Mosses. They're the Deion Sanders. They're the Mike Trouts, the Bo Jackson's like the 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 Herculean types. They not only are strong, but they can move fast. And there's something to be said about that. So it's not just about like being super jacked, but they're also, they move well. Like Bo Jackson running up a wall, throwing Harold Reynolds out. You know, you're seeing Herschel Walker, 54 years old, beating people's ass and Bellator. Like there's crazy stuff that goes deep into like simple training patterns. And I think that those guys are a lot simpler with their training patterns and they just, they do things that are more play oriented. So the mace the rope incorporating play where um, I I read a, a great quote in the sapiens book. And it said that consistency is the practice for dull minds. And I thought about that in the training aspect. And I was like, if I were to do the same type of program all the time, yeah, you would get results, but your mind wouldn't necessarily get better in the aspect of movement. Like you could be the best athlete ever, But you have to experience a sport to understand how to play it. So if you're not built for the sport, it doesn't matter what you're built like. Your mindset isn't what is getting you into the dance. And eventually, like those guys that are super physical, they fizzle out with the guys that are physical and they're smart. Right. And that's why like the pyramid to the top is real small. So I started going hard on hand eye coordination, flowing like crazy every day, getting after it. All my clients were moving hand eye. And I noticed a lot of changes in my clients, the way they moved and how they reacted. I was like, nice. Okay, let's, let's keep pushing. Let's keep pushing. Bought a BOSU ball. Did the BOSU certification. And this is a, a very interesting rabbit hole that reminds me a lot of like theoretical physics. Because it's like, it, it, it's so interesting when you work with a BOSU ball and you feel like you just deadlifted on a trap bar like 405. Like your body's just, ah, I'm here. Let's go. Let's do something. And it's like, you just use the BOSU ball and a rubber band. You know, like there's, there's something to be said about that. It's, it's, it's cool and it's exhilarating, but why does that happen? I'm creating force, you know, like it's just from within, right? It's literally me standing on a, a round object that's full of air, you can use weight. The, those crazy guys at Weck Method that also practice Weck Method—they're deadlifting 400 plus pounds on on hex bars on a Bosu ball, you know. So you start you start just thinking about okay, take all that away. I can give you a gigantic glute hamstring contraction, harder than you've ever felt before, squatting on a Bosu elite, and you're not going to wear any damage to your spine or load your joints that need to be fluid that dude we can synapse we can synapse on a bosu ball you can synapse on a boat that's something that i want to try that's that's super interesting i read it i read a uh
0: oh my god by the way oh my god redlining your system for 90 seconds is one of the worst things i've ever done
2: yeah and you can do the same thing on a bosu ball with compressive force i like that idea though it makes sense
0: because yeah i i
2: the play idea
0: is very interesting too because I was telling Cass a while ago, like, I've just lost the urge to work out. I've done the traditional gym thing for way too long. And it sounds like I need to start rope flowing and and more often and, and incorporating more play. Because if I, I would much rather go
2: play basketball than right. get on the, tra-
0: than the treadmill. Right. Right. I one lean the toward it
2: every time. Right, right. And one of the reasons I would argue you like to play basketball is because you know how you like to play basketball, right? So that's something that you like to do. You know, like, you understand how you play. Yeah. So where, where Leo comes in, it's the art of self-expression is play. You have to be able to express yourself when you play. That's why Max Scherzer striking seven dudes out in a row, and he gets off the mound, ah, and he's on fire. That's beautiful. That's self-expression right there. That is yeah. absolute self-expression. And he's painting out there. Like he's literally like he's like, No, I'm doing effective velocity here. I want to go fastball in, three in a row, slider on the outside, then rem excuse me, run one right up his alley at like 97. He's not gonna you do anything say, about it. You can say that however you want to say that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like We're way more JRE here. Well, okay, I'll I'll definitely take that into account because I'll I definitely got. I got in trouble the other hey, day because I could be. You get excited. With my voice. You get excited. I, know, I do. It's fine. I do. Me too. I do the
0: same uh, thing. I, I say this. I ask the same questions. Right. It, it makes, you know, It. Um, I still throw um, all the time. That's and, awesome. And it's one of my things. Like ever since. So I, I have an involvement, embol- involvement fraction in my elbow. And uh, what's that? Went to the, uh, I had a stress, fr- I had an 85% stress fracture in my olecranon right here pitching in college. Ooh. Yeah. I'm fine though. We're good. Yeah. had two screws, but it took me two surgeries and three years to figure it out but the the journey there and what I learned is completely what started what we're doing now and what right. nation is involved into um, because I kept asking the same questions I'm like it's a very similar story I kept going, why did people keep telling me that I'm gonna get hurt why do mm-hmm. people keep telling me that I can't throw hard What do you mean I can't throw hard like no offense to John Smoltz, Braves fan of the 90s. Ridiculous the amount of times I've heard him say that not everybody can throw 96 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, to your point? Like, we're just humans, you know? Like, it, it, it's it's a matter of, like you're saying, it's a time frame, right? Mm-hmm. I, there's some crazy things that happened to me in my career. I, I once saw a 12-year-old throw 90 miles an hour, right? That's And nuts. it was crazy. But he was 5'10" a little bit bigger for kind of a 5, 12-year-old. And it just – nowhere close, right? It was it was around the catcher. It hadn't right. refined in there. Hey, four years later, he's 14. He's 97. So right. when did no, – nobody told that kid. Nobody right. told that kid you not grow hard. He right. just kept going. Right. Right? Right. And so he ends up signing as a 16-year-old, 97, 99. But, and and – the there's there's no doctors, there's you know, he's fine, right? Mm-hmm. So there's stuff to this um this life and this career of baseball. And you you said it, I really like what you said at the beginning when you talk about would you rather throw at 40 or 50? That's our argument, all right. These. Like right, the number one thing you have to value is health. If you're of course, if you're throwing 95 miles an hour and you get done throwing 95 miles an hour and you can't wipe your butt because yeah. you can't drive yeah. home. What were you doing? How did you get that far? Right. Right. So I still throw. Um, and one of the things that, that's, uh, cracks me up and I like to see people's reactions is I once threw 13 innings about a year ago and didn't know what inning it was.
2: Wow. And
0: just, and just went right. See Uh,
2: that's called flow. That is like a a flow. Yeah. And
0: I'll, I'll send you, um, some side angle of, of, uh, of me throwing and, you, and you'll, and you I totally agree with you 100% because it doesn't, My, I never, something that someone always said to me is I don't look tight at all when I'm throwing, like even my, like everything I'm doing has a certain flow and like right. it, it's just, I, I, I don't think it's that hard to be able to throw loosely and be effective, but also like we've created a rule system that we're trying to stay inside of because we know it keeps you in that flow it'll allow you to be more healthy when you throw. Right. And so right. that cross action that you talk about also is, you know, and what Wecht was talking about too, is, you know, we, we, when we had him on the podcast and we were talking about stuff, it was very interesting. He and I spoke another hour afterwards talking about the throw and what we talk about a and deceleration and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So
2: I'm, I'm with you on everything right now. You got me jacked. Dude, the, the thing that I really liked about what you said, it's, the the concept of that kid, right? They're out there. There's plenty of kids out there that like they're just out there throwing hard. Kids are out there hitting jacks, they're running 43s and I I also feel like to defend David Weck, there are people trying to overly correct that when they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Like what he talks about is not bracing the core. Then and, and that's one of the things that I've seen Dude, I'm so fucked for the rest of my life. I watch people walk and run like it's my job like they're my clients sometimes and it's it's so annoying to me sometimes like I'll be watching somebody and I'll be like fascinated by how tight they look when they walk. I was like, man, you got a lot of shit going on. But then I started thinking about like I'm also a yoga instructor so I also think about like
1: I touch I touch so many people way too soon in the friendship you know like all right, let's go. Like, all right, this is your kid. Okay, kid, go over there. You're staying with me. I, I'm dead serious. First day parents, I put them on AccuBalls. I'm like trap releasing them. I'm like, oh, man. It's cr- I've touched I've touched dad's traps, and I'm like, like, oh, my gosh. This yeah. doesn't go at all. They have not They've never oh, like let, pushed the, down the, the, on us, you know? Okay, so the, I'll shut up after this. the The weird thing is when you touch a trap and it's like it just melts. And you're like, yeah. congratulations, yeah.
2: yeah,
1: you're like one
2: percent of the population, right? <laughs> see, and that's okay. That that's something that I, I want to bring up. You ever see people ride bikes? Like I was, I've been watching people ride bikes often lately, dude. That looks like the worst thing to do. Like you're, like you're always just kind of like this. And especially going up a hill, it sucks. It's easier to walk. It's so much easier to walk up a hill <laughs> than ride a bike. It's, and it, the shoes,
1: by the uh, way. So I, I actually love to, dude, I love to spin, bro. Like, I'm a spinner. Spin.
2: Dude, my girlfriend's a spin instructor. You guys should hang out. Dude, she she looks like she knows what the fuck she's doing. She, she gets down, dude. She'll make you, like, puke. She can go hard. I, I'm
1: talking like, but also just like the you guys are movement geeks together. Like that's yeah. so cute.
2: Yeah, yeah. You want to talk
1: about each other right now? Uh,
2: maybe a little bit. So she actually inspired a lot of the the first two things that I talked about: stress and digestion. Katie Downey. She is at Whole Health Fitness Coach on Instagram. She is a badass mom who is a pretty good success story with nutrition. And I think that is the end all be all like the situation that we're in now, this COVID-19 situation, not pointing fingers at anything, but just the big elephant in the room is nutrition. Like it is the simplest, easiest, hardest thing to do because everyone has their own diet for themselves. Everyone's also trying to tell you what diet to do. And nobody is really thinking about what they're putting in their body because they eventually just get overwhelmed with you're telling me this, you're telling me this, I'm just going to eat potato chips. So if we can just balance stuff out, I think that would be the easiest way to go about it. That's my nutrition thing. But her, she is a nutritionist. She started through Whole30, which is one of my favorite resets that any athlete can do. I did it recovering from surgery. My feet got smaller. Like I had hella swollen feet from like not even the one that was operated on. They were just swollen. I went down a shoe size. That was interesting. Um, my hands what? got swollen. <laughs> yeah, I went down half a shoe size, bro. I had hella swollen feet. Um, wow, that also
0: could have been from the injury. So I'm know, your was, biggest like, fan right like, now. Your your vibes are. We're gonna hang out. Come to San Diego, by the dude, way, dude. I we I.
2: You know what? I'm doing with my stimulus check. I'm not gonna use it. I'm saving up to go get WMQ. Like I've I've put it into the universe. I'm doing it. It's the thing that I want to do the most is get WMQ because once I get that, I'm just gonna be like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to hang out for a while. Uh, But we actually just did 40 days of Wim Hof. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Wim Hof method. I'm still on WMQ. Oh, WMQ. (laughs) WEC method method, method qualification. qualification. WEC method qualification. All right. I'm just going like, I'm the only one that doesn't know (laughs) the passwords. (laughs) My bad, my bad, dude. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so her, her success story with Whole30 goes like this. She had just had two kids. And she was struggling to lose weight. She had been a vegan. She was doing a whole bunch of stuff that people were telling her to do. She found Whole 30. The rule of Whole 30 is basically it can't be in a box when you buy it or a bag. Okay. No peanuts, no alcohol, no milk or dairy products. And let's see, um, like just no processed sugar. So it's pretty much you're just supposed to cook all of your food. Oh, and the big one is no like recreation meals. Like I'm gonna make these keto cupcakes. Like no, shut up. You're not doing that. You're just gonna eat bacon and eggs. That's what you're gonna do. So oh, so good. So thirty good. days of just whole food dieting, and um, you journal it, you record it, and she, her transformation is amazing, especially her personal transformation. And as well as like her spiritual transformation, like what she's become, she went from a person that really wanted to find advice to a person where people are flocking to her for advice, like all the time. And so I learned a lot from her and we just did this Wim Hof meditation type breathing, which she is a huge spiritual connection uh, with her meditation And, um, like she'll see things when she meditates and then she'll think about it and be like, oh, that's how I need to, you know, go with these certain issues. Not like see a vision, but she'll just have, um, thoughts almost like, yeah, like, like provoking thoughts about certain situations and then solutions come out of it. And I think that that's super interesting. But Wim Hof is a homeostatic reset that is about cold showers and breathing. And it is pretty simple. Uh, you do three. Re- it's The way it goes, it's you do 30 breaths of pretty much like this. And you're taking these big full breaths for 30 breaths. And at the end of the 30 breath, you hold your breath. And in the rounds, you build up the time you hold. It starts with a minute, 90 seconds, two minutes, all the way up to the Every mammal, you, a marmot, a freaking rat down the street, all can potentially hold your breath for five minutes. And that's what the Wim Hof is building. But also we're finding in a lot of uh, movement practitioners and movement leaders are finding that there is a benefit through breath holding as well as cold showers. And that's what I went to at the first place, the stress response. If you know how to downregulate, you're going to be the athlete that wins. Michael Jackson wasn't tripping in the fourth quarter. Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan wasn't tripping in the fourth quarter. Michael Jackson never tripped on stage. That dude was cold blooded. <laughs> so he was always down regulated. But Michael Jordan, like, who do you want taking the last shot? That dude. Because he is probably the calmest on the court. Because the person that can down regulate your adrenaline, your epinephrine, and just bring yourself down to baseline, that's the person that's going to make a better decision and they're going to make it faster. So when you have that ability through your breath, then you I need to share the...
1: something. Yeah, I, need, go for it. I just, this, you just hit me in the face with this. Okay. In Minnesota, I could go outside in negative zero oh, degree Minnesota's weather cold and, and, shit. and, and, I could breathe and I could, yeah. like, I was really good at relaxing myself mm-hmm. when it was cold as hell. Mm-hmm. So I just road trip to Colorado to see my niece for the first time. And I, I was in like 38 degree weather I couldn't breathe
0: couldn't
1: le- legit. Like from my way to um, bathroom and back Could- couldn't take a breath. And on the way back, I like forced myself to like, like four or five, but um, I-, I have a lot of stress in my life. So <laughs> Dude,
2: I that might it, be, but...
1: that might be harder for me to do, to, to do that on purpose. That's really right. interesting. Right. Where what normally I would just be like, that's really funny.
2: Uh, I would Sorry I would try the Wim Hof, dude. No, no, no. I would seriously, like, with what you're talking about, like, like, if you try the Wim Hof, it starts three rounds. You can do it on YouTube. It's like a guided one with Wim Hof. I can hear it in my head. I think he's Dutch or something like that, so I hear his accent in my head. Fantastic. It's funny. Um, it's powerful stuff. When you can bring yourself down and you can have, like, good digestion, you really feel good about the food choices that you make. And it really feels satiating. And um, to, to continue down the WEC method, continue down stress response. That's like the very first lesson you learn in the BOSU course. It's down regulation. You stand on the BOSU ball and you close your eyes and you can tell like you're wobbly, you're like moving all over the place. But the idea is no big movements, like no, like throw your arms and like try to catch your balance. It's Close your eyes, relax, and just kind of move. i let your body make the adjustments. Again, the athlete that can down-regulate is going to make the calmer decision. They're going to be faster. They're going to have better technique. You know, so calming. Ken Revisa, Evan Longoria, before you step into the box, have your routine. So when you're in the box, you've already been in the box. When the trash hits the fan, you're ready. Ken Revisa and the Revisa method, that made like my college career before I, I couldn't even step on a field. The year that I was all revisa method, I hit three forty, eight jacks, eight doubles, eight triples and like 40 RBIs. I went off and I was always just. And I use that all the time. I use it in jujitsu. Like if I'm getting my ass kicked and there's like some big heavy dude on top of me and he's squishing me, even though I'm being squished, If I can stay calm, he is not going to be able to do as much. But if I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh," he's going to grab something, pull it, and then you lose. So if you can stay calm, realize you're in the moment, where are you? Check in, stay calm. Then you can really see a situation, call a pitch, make a pitch, make a swing. You know, you can do these things. And you're, you're you're calm. I think the idea of like pre-workouts and like got to be jacked to do something, I think that that's a fallacy. I think that you have it in you. You just need to learn how to pull yourself out of me, which I, I think people, like some people like getting slapped in the face. That really brings it out of them, you know? Just like hit me across the face, dude. Bam, let's go. They're just in it, you know? Some guys, they listen to music, you know? other But you have to find a way that you can balance the the charged up fight in you as well as the the librarian inside you that knows how you're supposed to go about this tactfully and that's why i love catching man like that was that was the calmest but most on fire place all the time like you're one pitch away from something just going terribly wrong or you're one pitch away you're going to go hit and that's it and It's on fire for that two seconds, but then you got to be able to come out of it because if I start thinking about, oh, this dude just fouled back his best pitch, we challenged him in his wheelhouse, he's been on the slider all day, hasn't swung at it, he hasn't thrown it for a strike all day, but if you don't think about it and you just make a decision nice and calmly, things go in your favor. That's what seems to happen.
1: Here, I I, this is weird that this is coming to my brain, so I'm gonna throw it out there. So we we talk a lot. We we found ourselves talking about multi-sport athletes on this show several times, and I think we tend to be more um, baseball nuts. And like, if you want to be a baseball guy, then do that, and then just train to be an animal outside of baseball, right? You know, just like understand that there's coinciding training that has to happen. And 100%. I also, I know like John's like, you know, I mean, we've had several people like between, I'm, I'm going to put my kid in cross country to get him faster. I'm going to put them in basketball to right. you make sure that they're a right. multi-sport athlete. And it's like, these things don't make sense. Right. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're talking about this stuff. And I've yeah. even made the claim that like, I don't even know that kids have the ability to take the abstraction and then apply it to the sport that they actually care about. So, with all of that said, I dove my junior and senior year of high school. And that's, I quit wrestling to, di- and I ended up diving. I didn't quit wrestling to dive. I just ended up diving. And there's nothing. So, nobody's saying anything, like quiet right. as can be. And then you have to go and flip.
2: So, there's, there, I remember perfectly, um, not just flip. You got to flip and appease everybody watching. All those pencil fuckers (laughs) that are just like, ah, yes, that was great. Well, and like everybody is a
1: nerd and especially where I was doing this. So it's like there wasn't like I'm like, whatever, I'm flipping and having fun. Yeah. And then I got good, though, because I was the only diver at my school. Um, But anyway, so I just got a ton of reps. But point is this. I made it to state and um, I didn't have a coach like this is. I made it to state, awesome. and I didn't this have a coat. This one coach. of the best
2: stories I've ever heard. You took yourself <laughs> yeah. to
1: state. Yeah. Well, okay, so and become I become a diver. There's a
2: Disney movie out of this somewhere.
1: So my, <laughs> um, but I listened to like Simon and Garfunkel before I went out. Nice. Uh, um, yeah, I was like, I needed to bring myself down. And as the wrestler in me, like, I don't, like, I don't just, like, I don't crave Simon and Garfunkel, like, I crave um, Hybrid Theory by Lincoln Park.
0: Because that, like,
1: stained my brain for, like, two and a half years of wrestling. Because that's, like, 95% of the time that was playing in the background. Where I got to create my own playlist uh, for diving. And it was interesting how I brought myself down. Where in wrestling it was always, like, get up here, get up here. I didn't even think to just be, like, man, I'm just going to wrestle like this. Because I wrestled, like,
0: oh, my God.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. And, and it's, I could have wrestled like I dove, you know what I mean? Like just a different thing and nobody, it never occurred to me.
2: So and it's the same thing, essentially. It's the same. That's where same coaching idea.
1: comes in, right? Yeah. You know, I did have, I'll, I'll, I'll finish it with this. So the quitting wrestling thing was really interesting for me because I, I didn't think my dad was going to care. I knew that the wrestling coaches were going to care. My dad was pissed, like yelled at me. Like, what the, What do you think you're doing? I'm like, what? I, right. I hate right. I hate this, um, but <laughs> but my the the assistant coach I ended up working for this guy. This is a very close friend of ours. Um, his name is Lee Broughton, and and I went over to his house, and he's like he tried to talk me out of quitting, and he's like it is the best cross training sport for you, and like that's great, but he, you had to go further. You needed to help me like be the wrestler that I could have been. He's like be one sixty. It's like, no, like they needed to, they needed to save this guy a long time ago. Right. So they let a kid who had no idea what they were, what he was doing, cut a ton of weight, like a ton of weight. Mm. And then the parents didn't know what was going on either. And these are adults, right? They see these things happen. And so, um, it, it was funny how it all came like, you know, it was that reckoning at the end where I'm finally like, I'm out. And then all of a sudden these conversations are happening. Um, mm. but it's neither here nor there. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it, it, if kids listen to this, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to know what to do when it comes to these decisions. Um, it and, is. And I, and I didn't know what I was doing. And it ended up being a great experience because I would have never been on the diving board in a freaking Speedo in front of right. a couple
2: hundred people. Right. And that's <laughs> so, hard. Like diving's athletic and you have to be very calm.
1: I want to say one more thing because this is, this is interesting. Um, I can't spot. Like I didn't know how to do that. So, like a gymnast or a diver, if they're gonna twist or they're gonna flip, they're going to spot where they're gonna like. We well, didn't have any wall. teammates
2: to practice on, you know. No, no, no. Right,
1: right. So I straight up did everything on feel. Um, so my wow. hardest, the hardest ones, I and I actually kind of flopped this at state. I like, yeah, I think I got like three and a halfs or fours or something. Um, which, by the way, nobody's not many people are getting eights in high school. Like, you, if you're getting sevens in high school, that's pretty damn good. You know what I mean? But anyway, it was the stuff where I didn't flip. So it was a uh, half half flip. So I would, uh, I think I did like a reverse, um, just a reverse straight up dive. And cause you had to do things with like low degree of difficulty, but the highest lowest, if that makes sense. Sure. So so the hardest easy dive. And that one I flopped cause I didn't know how to spot. I just like felt for it. So, and uh, yeah, that, and then, and then you gotta to bring it all back to everything. I got to have that experience where I wasn't coached at all, and I just yeah. did things. Where I didn't even know where I was going. Yeah. I remember. I remember flipping on the. I remember jumping up in the air and going, "Oh my god, what what dive am I doing?" Looking down, seeing the board, <laughs> and and flipping around the corner of the board. Um. I know I said last thing, but I'm I'm on a r- kick right here. I wakeboarded. You were talking about this earlier about like the the rolling. I remember right. vividly going like, "Oh, dude, I just." I got, I got good at falling guys. I'm not good at wakeboarding. I'm good at falling. Like, because there wasn't any fear in me doing the trick because I knew if I wasn't going to land it, I was
2: just going to tuck and tuck and roll.
1: Um, See, but that's a
2: connection. That's what rolling gives you. You know how to fall. That's something that like, that's powerful. I
1: know. And then there's the, I say this all the time to kids, like haven't you ever jumped on a trampoline and, and done a backflip? And okay. First off, if you're 12 years old and you haven't jumped on a trampoline and done a backflip, you need to go do that now before this COVID shits over because, because find a trampoline and do that. Right. That's crazy because you're going to do it and you're like, Oh my God, that's the easiest thing ever. Oh my gosh. I can do a front flip and a back flip and then a side flip. Like you can do so many things and you just have to get over the fear of figuring out how to solve it. And just like, Man, that's why, it, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm lucky that I got all these things. And bringing it back to baseball, I w- thought that I was not a good athlete because of what I was told at co- in college baseball. Like, that's ridiculous. I did so many things that would have informed my body to become more athletic on that baseball field. But right. I didn't know how to become more athletic in those situations. You want me to be faster, more explosive? There, there weren't solutions to my problems you know, at this time. So that's, that's frustrating. Um, The more I think back about the diverse, I played hockey and then Rue, John Rue was trying to tell me that I didn't have good adductors because I played hockey. He's like, Oh yeah, that would make sense, dude. But I swam. So I've been, I've been doing this with my legs forever. I've been (laughs) doing,
2: you know, I've been doing the breast, the breaststroke forever. That's my stroke of choice. Yeah. (laughs) And that, that might be like an innate human one. I think everyone kind of knows how to do that one. You know, everyone kind of like – everyone kind of does that in the water. Uh, yeah. John, what what was like – because you said you pitched. So before you went out, what was something that either got you jacked or brought you down? Long I was thinking started. about
0: that when you were saying it. Um, I was different. I, I, it kind of evolved for me. It was funny how um, – Cass was talking about how he was up here. I was up there in college for a while. Um, I didn't, but then thinking back on it, like, uh, in high school, I would rock like Pink Floyd and like, just get super deep. Very nice. And, 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 uh, now it's gotten even worse, um, where it's way more like hip hop sample. Okay. De La Soul, Beastie Boys, um, Tribe Called Quest. That's where I catch my flow. I catch my flow not on the not on the rap but just on this these, these lo fi beats and just how right. things go and I, like I really understand where it carries me into that you know
2: do okay so do you find that you've gotten more into what you like to listen to or do you think you found like something that like your progression into finding something into the flow has been just uh a natural occurrence of like you getting sick of music or is this the stuff that you're like no like i know this beat this is the beat that i need to hear to like get me into the zone you know what i'm saying
0: i, I think i think it's the the uh bpm for me okay percent. like it okay. it's the vibe there because like i'll dance on the <laughs> like throw I'm, down bpm like that <laughs> i love that i love that that was great no, it's it's serious. Like I think that I think that's what yeah. it is. I've been thinking about Just, it a I, lot lately. I know, I know it's funny because that. like I'll, so I played in Mexico for six years and it's a whole different Dude, Was game. that fun? Oh my gosh. I talk about it all the time. It's that's it's fun. the NBA, but baseball. There is music <laughs> all the time. All the time. It is not I remember the first time going to a Padres game after playing there and being like, I can hear the crowd noise. That's not normal in Mexico. It doesn't matter if you're on the field or in the stands, in between pitches. So there's basically one second they stop the music. Wow, it, it's in the it's in the middle of your leg lift most
2: most of the time. Everyone's got the coordination; <laughs> they got it down. They're just like everyone, shut up. Oh, I've seen I've seen it where it messes with hitters, where like they'll oh, wow. have some
0: kind of like reggae tone thing going, and then it'll just cut, and you can see the guys like
2: vibing, and then he just like. Oh, dude, that is, would be brutal. Gets, gets distracted because the that music would Get stopped. me that would for sure. I would be like in the music, and then you cut it like, oh fuck, curveball. It fucking <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh god. Uh, so
0: yeah, I'm 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 into the a little bit slower type of a uh, uh, vibe. I'm way more into that like dead, not here, chill like you know a grace vibe. Mm-hmm. Thing, like, hey. Can I, I, can I
1: propose something? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is really fun. <laughs> um, we have a ton of remote training today. We oh, should yeah. just literally just schedule a podcast right after we get off this right now and do this sooner than later and just we pick have, up where the, we left the schedule's,
0: off. The the sch- weird today. We're going to have to pick it up another day. The, okay. No that's, yeah. what I, that, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's for what sure. I'm oh, you're saying. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. Not, not today. I'm saying, like, maybe, like, next week or even the week after. No, Um, for sure. This is is so freaking good, Alex. And there's, like, there's so much more that you can go into. um... Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sequences as you're a hitter? Well, there's, like,
1: there's one thing before we do leave. I don't know how much time we have. I wanted to. You have as much time as you want, but I'm just saying, like, Oh, dude, I we can you. talk for
0: five hours you. right now. I oh, dude, I'd we, love to come. Probably, back. You guys are awesome. probably like five minutes though, because we, I do, we do have to run in just a little right, bit. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so go so ahead. Let's
2: look at, let's look at like the the combination of the the three things that I was talking about. So the first and foremost is like your general like. Your, your cellular demands, your metabolism, oxygen, nutrition, okay? Because you're a multicellular organism. So, like, for guys that are listening to this and, like, you're, you're thinking of making action today, like, remember, you're an organism, okay? You're not, like, some perfect being. You're an organism, just like everything else. You have metabolism. That's oxygen and nutrition. And that also falls into stress. Because you're an organism, you have types of stress. You have to learn how to deal with that stress to help your oxygen as well as your digestion, but make sure you don't deal with your stress through your nutrition or your, your breath. Like you, you find a way that, that actually helps you deal with stress. Then you have it as like a base level of like human locomotion, like not specific, just like the basics of crawling and walking. Those are the easiest places to start again. Don't overcomplicate it. Just start crawling on the ground like there's so much animal flow on YouTube. There's so much on my Instagram page and I'm coming out with my own YouTube channel filled with tons and tons of stuff and my own program for athletes to enjoy like these, um, these benefits that I'm talking about, like a system around for them to understand what this is going to feel like. Um, So again, your base as a cell, you know, then you have your ability to move And then as you get to like the more specific sports movement and then how you move, I think this is where like we talk about just one thing. And that's um, I'm going to use the ropes as an example, because I think it's the cheapest, easiest form of self-expression next to dancing um, or martial arts. Uh, But not a lot of people are drawn to those things. But if the ropes don't draw to you and one of those two things, then find a way to move your body that's specifically through self-expression. That's how you're going to nail those last two because if you're trying to be like someone else or you're trying to be the model that a coach wants you to be like, you're not feeling yourself as an athlete and that's where the creation and the play happens and that's where the athlete comes from. That's where the John Jones comes from. That's where the Conor McGregor, the Nolan Ryan, the Max Scherzers, the, like, the guys that are the elite, the elite they have a, a self-expression ability through movement. So find a piece, whether it's a kettlebell, it's a mace, it's a sledgehammer, it's your body, it's a rope, but something that allows you to feel creative and also hits those flag points of what you need to train. A medicine ball is a great one. Like you can get so creative with a medicine ball, just throw it and like move it around. Like that's, that's a great one for all athletes. But I think if you nail those three things, so focusing on your base level of digestion, breathing and stress as well as balance. You could throw that in there, but that's more the physical movement. And then you have, how do you locomote? Do you locomote well? And then freedom of, of self-expression through movement. That's like so important. And I think that's, that's a big lost one that we almost put into a daydream category. And I think that that's, that's really sad because we also consider like martial artists to be the manliest of men. And those guys just play all day. Like if you want to know what it's like to be a great fighter, they don't just wham, wham, go to any any gym. That's not how they run things. It's a lot of like, okay, bam, ba, ba, oh, no, I touched you. Oh, I got you there. Yeah, they hit rough. Yeah, they play hard. But it's a lot of play. If you watch how really elite strikers train, it's all about play. It's all about like, oh, I got you, I got you. Oh, you can't get away from me. And you have to learn not through violence but through play. Look at how baby lions grow up. They play with each other. They play. They chase each other. They grapple. They move around. And then what do they do to the gazelle? They chase it. They grapple it. They bring it down. They put their mouth on it. And they kill it. That's how they play. So finding a way to express yourself through movement is, number one, if you're an athlete willing to make change today, which we can talk about why athletes make change another day. That's a very big topic of mine. But just so you can feel better as a human, that's what you need. You need to have self-expression and movement. And if none of those tools sound good to you, go on a walk in nature. You'll get so creative just looking at stuff. So, And that's, that's my spiel. I, I want athletes to understand that you're not just this specified sport player or athlete. You're a person that likes to do that. And your identity gets caught up and you have to fill that DNA out and then you can really get a full spectrum person over here that they're just a good person man they don't have to be the best athlete but they're they're a good person that's going to help you know you and i get older if we're talking about a 9 year old you know one day those kids are going to be in charge of us it's kind of scary thinking about that now but like one day those kids like make the decisions and then they're going to do the same to those kids so like if you want change to happen you got to teach them young so we got to teach these athletes they're more than just these players no, you're you're this weird ape thing that can do some amazing shit physically. You just got to learn how to do it, and when you do, you're gonna be like, <laughs> "I can do that." Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's it's wonderful. You just got to try, man. You just that's, that's all it is. <laughs>
0: I talk about how kids get surprised all the time when they come in the gym, and because like mm-hmm. they, you know, most I mean, there's still a, ge- there's massive generations that have never done low effort throws in front of a radar gun. And yeah. like when we start off our throws and everything, you can just see, like, they just are so confused. Like, right. oh, this is effort. That's what, this yes. isn't really a number. This is measuring effort for what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like, well, you have to try harder to throw harder. Exactly, oh, exactly. That's interesting. So. And one thing anyway. that I wrote down the other day that I just wanted to kind of leave you guys with, and I think that this is like a good tool for like an athlete to have. It's just the idea of like, an athlete should feel exactly how they want to feel. I think that's a big thing. Like, if an athlete wants to feel a certain way, you can't stop them from wanting to feel that way. You know what I mean? Like, if he's making the the bad choices, like, if he's making the bad choices, let him do that. They'll figure it out. Like, they need to feel exactly what they want to feel. But I think it's very frustrating because I felt it. Like, when a coach – this was the number one thing that I hated when a coach said, it's like, you got to be able to feel your hands stay through the zone. I'm like – Dude, that happens for, like, that amount of time. For me to feel that, I can't hit the ball. I have to do a slow motion one. And then if it's not correlating to what I'm feeling when I'm hitting, obviously I shouldn't feel that thing because it's not working. So I need to feel something else, you know? So I think that's that's the what the idea that I'm getting at is, like, you have to get them to feel the thing that you want them to feel, but they have to feel it the way they want to feel it. Does that make sense? Pre-
0: Preach. Yeah. Preach. Dude.
2: We talk about feels all the time, for sure. That's, that's it. You got to have feel. Alex. You fantastic. This
0: is, yeah, this was amazing. We will 100% yeah, start our it, own series off to the side uh, just
2: for us so we can chat for Alex. Dude, let's and hours. do it. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm blessed to be here. Thank you guys so much.
0: No, thank you. I really appreciate it. This was awesome. You're, you're amazing. Your thought process is very valuable to our community. So thank you for much for dropping some of those knowledge. Thank uh, you so bits much man. with these people here. So thank you again. Uh, why don't you tell everybody, you know, where your handle, how they can follow you YouTube channel and stuff from there.
2: Awesome. So uh, YouTube channel is at Nama strength athletics. Uh, there are just a few base videos on there. And then Instagram is the same handle at Nama strength athletics. Uh, What we're going for in the next upcoming months, as we're getting into like the phase two, the phase three, I want people to realize that they've enjoyed this movement time. And so we're going to create a physical education series for you guys that you'll be able to follow along either through Instagram, which will have brief models. And then if you buy the service or go through YouTube, there'll be much larger portions of the service. But end of the day, guys, uh, thank you. For letting me come on here. You guys are awesome for for having a platform for people to just talk freely that were once players. And uh I just appreciate you guys so much. Thank you, man. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you. We'll we'll definitely do this again. And um, you know, I'm I learned a lot today. You you've started my brain. I get to go play now, as you say, as I'm gonna go throw baseballs. Go play, so, man. Yeah, for sure. We for gotta sure. get going. Go Things are blowing yep. up here. Appreciate it. Thanks right, you again. guys You guys Bye have Alex, a great we'll time soon. Sí, man.